Today, inshallah, I want to share with you all a story from the seerah of the Prophet Once again, understanding that the Prophet also went through similar challenges just as you and I, we are going through today. Once again, it's hard to say you and I, while we're sitting all the way here in luxury, in AC, you know, our homes, alhamdulillah, are intact. There is no concerns of safety necessarily as they, our brothers and sisters, are facing in Gaza. And um, they are the ones who are truly making the sacrifice. They are the ones truly are deserving of Allah's rahmah and mercy. And yesterday, you know, you sometimes you're looking for a glimmer of hope. And yesterday I was sitting just on my phone and there was a message that was sent to me that, and wallahu alam, what is the truth behind this? But I certainly believe that inshallah this is the truth that someone had posted that they had reached out and there was a woman in Gaza who sent a message that I know you all are weeping because of us, but I want to tell you that we are seeing the, the, the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And while we are at night and while they are dropping bombs upon us, we can smell the perfume in the, in the atmosphere. And she's telling us that, remember that all these people who are the shuhada, for them is just like a pinch. And then the pain that they go through when things, the impact happens, is just like a pinch. But then they go for eternity into the rahmah and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I want to remind us all, myself and everyone here, is that if you go back to Surah Yasin, in Surah Yasin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about a man who was calling people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Habib bin Najjar. This is the name given that we find in the books of Tafasir. وَجَاءَ رَجْلٌ مِّنْ أَقْسَ الْمَدِينَةِ يَسْعَى قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ اتَّبِعُوا الْمُرْسَلِينَ اتَّبِعُوا مَنْ لَا يَسْأَلُكُمْ أَجْرًا وَهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the story of some, some men who came to a city. They approached a city uh, with the intention of giving them da'wah. They rejected their message. But there was one man who came to their aid. And when this man came to their aid, instead of listening to this person who was from their city, they killed him. But what did he say at the very end? He, while his life was being taken and he's being told, Jannah, that enter into Jannah, he said, Subhanallah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us in the Quran that while this man, his life and his soul is being taken away, he says that I wish my qawm knew that what kind of izza Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving me. What, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven me. And he has made me from those who have earned Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's izza and his ikram. So subhanAllah, I know that we are so much in pain. For me also yesterday, I just all day long just thinking about Gaza. You know, I couldn't just take even take a lot of interest in my own family, just thinking about our family in Gaza. And I want to I want to finish off on this, inshallah, that while many of us we feel a lot of times dejected about these kind of situations, and not only that, but subhanAllah on social media, you find all these crazy people now who are, you know, Christian pastors and so forth, saying that this is what the Bible prophesies and so forth. Well, like, you know, their Bible is corrupt as it is, we know. 
okay? Whatever we know, it is from the Qur'an and from the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give victory, inshallah, to our brothers and sisters and to the Muslims, that is what's going to happen. I don't care about their prophecies, but I care today a lot of times about our youth and what they're listening to when they sit on social media. But this, the, the story from the seal of the Prophet sallallahu is a story of Hudaybiyyah. And I'm not going to go through the entire story. I'm just going to go. Through, I'm going to fast forward to the end of the story of Hudaybiyyah, because I want you all to think. I want all of us here to think about the situation of Hudaybiyyah. The battle of Ahud has, and the battle of Badr has already taken place. The Muslims were victorious. After the battle of Uhud, um, they though the, the Quraysh retreated, the Muslims came back to Medina. They were licking their wounds after the battle of Uhud. Then you have the battle of Ahzab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a wind in support of the Muslims. And if you study the battle of Ahzab, it was extremely cold in those days. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he depleted the resources of the, the enemies of Islam. And as a result, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave victory to the Muslims. Now you put yourself in that situation and you ask yourself, what is the position what is the political position of the Muslims? And you will say that generally it is much, much stronger. And yes, it was stronger. But at the same time, they still did face some kind of defeat along the way. And this brings us to the battle of, or not the battle, but the expedition of Hudaybiyyah, where Rasulullah sees a dream that he is performing Umrah. And we know based on our aqidah and our theology, that when a Nabi or a Prophet sees a dream, it is a message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet وسلم, he takes his Sahaba radiallahu anhum to Mecca with the niyyah and intention of Umrah. Of course, there is a lot that has transpired prior to his entry into uh, Mecca. But that year, think about this, the Prophet وسلم, is in a position of power. He has so much now clout, political clout in that area. Yet when he comes to Mecca, he is stopped and he is prevented from performing Umrah. And not just prevented from, from, from performing Umrah, but then he is forced into signing an agreement with the Quraysh. This is why it is called the Treaty of Hudaybiyyah. But this was an agreement between Rasulullah and the Quraysh. And you have to understand that this was not just a very easy process, this was a very hostile process, to be honest, where the Rasulullah as we all know, he could neither read nor write. So he had Ali as his scribe, to document what the Prophet ﷺ wanted to see on this, on this treaty or agreement. And so when the treaty began, the Prophet ﷺ told Ali that write Bismillah rahman rahim They said, no, no Bismillah rahman rahim We don't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You simply write Bismihi ta'ala. Okay, fine, no problem. Now write, I Muhammad sallallahu alayhi declares such and such. No, 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 no. We are, we're not okay with that either. You have to write because we don't declare you as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi So you have to write, I Muhammad ibn Abdullah declares such and such. The entire agreement was a one-sided agreement. This is where I want all of us to understand here what's going on. This is sort of like a defeat to the Muslims. This is sort of like a defeat to the Muslims. The entire agreement was one-sided. If someone comes to Mecca from Medina, we will keep them here in Mecca. But if someone comes to you in Medina, 
then you, from Mecca, then you have to return them to Mecca. You cannot perform Umrah this year. You will come back next year. All these things are not going in favor of the Muslims. And you have to understand that at that time, people like Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an, he's saying, Ya Rasulullah, why are we agreeing to these terms? Because in his mind, in the mind of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an, he's seeing this as a defeat. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they see this as a defeat. They may not be vocal about it, the way Umar al-Khattab is, that some, but some Sahaba internally, they feel like this is a defeat. And not only that, but as soon as they made this agreement, Rasulullah he had enough integrity that to, up, uh, to maintain and to uphold the, the, the terms of this agreement. And not only that, but right at that time, there was a Sahabi who was able to escape because this man was being persecuted, religiously persecuted, he escaped from his shackles and he came to Rasulullah in hopes that Rasulullah will save him. And all that the Prophet could do, which was so hurtful, just like today you and I, we see what's happening in Gaza and we're so hurtful and you can't do anything about it. That was a similar situation for the Sahaba radiallahu anhum when they had to see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam take this Sahabi who came, who, who escaped his persecutors and came to the Prophet sallallahu to seek refuge only for the Prophet sallallahu to take this Sahabi and hand him back over to the Quraysh. Think about that moment for a Think about that moment that you feel helpless. Umar al-Khattab and the Sahaba anhum feel helpless. Rasulullah feels helpless. What can we do at that time? Just like today, you and I, we feel helpless at times. That is what hurts us the most, wallahi, at times. That knowing what's happening there to our brothers and sisters, and we feel like we can't do. What more can we do over here? Just like that, the Sahaba anhum they felt helpless at that time. And the Prophet ﷺ, he finished off this agreement and they're heading back to Medina. And at that time, Umar al-Khattab he's coming to Abu Bakr and he's going back to others and he's asking Rasulullah ﷺ. In fact, he did not even approach Rasulullah ﷺ because he was still so upset. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he then revealed the verses, Inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. You think this is a defeat. But there is victory behind this of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the yaqeen, the iman, and the yaqeen that we have to put in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That though we see this as a defeat, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a bigger plan. That is what we have to believe when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look at every single story in the Quran. It does not begin with a happy story. There are difficulties that come in the beginning. Then there is, there comes victory and rahmah and mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he, he was born as an orphan. At the age of six, he lost his mother. At the age of eight, he lost his grandfather. And then just trials after trials in the life of Rasulullah When did Ida Fatah come? Towards the end of the life of Rasulullah So brothers and sisters, I know many of us, we feel helpless. And there are things, 
excuse me, there are many things that our, you know, people, our Muslim community members who are involved in politics, they're telling us things that we can do. Like yesterday it was mentioned in the khutbah that things that we can do, at least on our part, we do them. We come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At least we recite, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntum al-dhalimeen. I'm not saying that this number is necessarily from the seerah or the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But there's no harm in the fact that if we recite, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntum al-dhalimeen, a hundred times in the morning and a hundred times in the evening. We send our peace and blessings upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Make it a point for each one of us here. We send our peace and blessings upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam abundantly throughout the day because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us that when you send your peace and blessings upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam abundantly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove our difficulties. And this is a time where we come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At least do what we can on our part. When it comes to even boycotting certain products, I know some people might be thinking, when you look at the list that is floating around on WhatsApp, and you're thinking to yourself, how can you stay away from every single thing? If you cannot stay away from every single thing, that is the best, that is ahsan. But if you cannot stay away, at least if you can from majority, because you don't realize every time if every single person were to stay away and they don't buy it does build up pennies make pennies turn into dollars and likewise it's their pockets that get affected just yesterday someone said even if you go online and you put a one-star rating for Facebook because Facebook has taken down certain posts of certain people because they have been pro-Palestinian, then in that case, it will bring down their rating. And if 100,000 Muslims and 100,000 people come together and they put one star rating for Facebook, this will bring down their rating. And if Google on the Google store, on the Android store, or I mean on the, on the Apple store, if a certain app gets all the way down very low, they sometimes will just even remove it, especially on the Google store app, or uh, on the Google store, they will remove the application completely. There are things that you and I, we can do, wallahi. There are things that you and I, we can do on our end, but we can never lose hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why we go back to the Quran and we find these kind of stories. Why do you think, I'm going to finish on this, why do you think, brothers and sisters, why do we think that these stories are in the Quran just just for story purposes so we can share them with each other? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows within His infinite wisdom, within His infinite knowledge, that these kind of things, these kind of similar circumstances are going to occur again in history. And at that time, this is where we come back to the Qur'an. When Allah says, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ This Qur'an is a source of shifa. Just like you and I, we're going through pain and we use medication to bring us relief. We come back to the Qur'an and this Qur'an is now serving as a shifa for us. We read these stories and they bring us some consolation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inshallah provide victory. It takes a little time, but just like what we're going through, Sahaba, they went through the same thing. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa they went through the same thing. Of course, in a much higher magnitude, but the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa the Sahaba, they went through some things that you and I, we are going through, through something similar, but just like they did not lose hope. And just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, there is going to be victory that will come to you, inshallah, likewise, victory, inshallah, will come. We just have to be patient and do what we have to do on our part. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, uh, you know, right now we're coming for Fajr, it was raining, 
and you see subhanAllah all these droplets coming down I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that just like these raindrops are falling may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring similarly his angels down in the area of Palestine to help our brothers and sisters and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provide them relief may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help them and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Ya Allah in this particular time only you can help them Ya Allah Ya Allah we ask you to please help our brothers and sisters in Palestine Amin Rabbil Alameen والخاشعين والخاشعات والمتصدقين والمتصدقات والصائمين والصائمات والحافظين فروجهم والحافظات والذاكرين الله كثيرا والذاكرات أعد الله لهم مغفرة وأجرا عظيما